0: They read in Jesus' name, Luke 10, 22 through 24. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then turning to the disciples, <laughs> I'm sorry. Then turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see, For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and do not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Let us pray. Father, as we come to study your word, we thank you that you are powerful even to use one such as I to study your word. Lord, we pray that you would bless us now as we come, that we might be built up to your glory for your kingdom. Lord, that you would reveal yourself to us. Father, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And so as we were praying, it it struck me that you know the interesting thing about Palm Sunday is that the disciples, all the people in Jerusalem, they were all they were right. It's not that they had gotten it wrong, they'd gotten it right. It's that they applied it wrong. They didn't know how to live it out. They didn't know how to bring this truth about the you know, Jesus being king into their day-to-day lives. And that's really where the problem was. They, they missed it. They missed it. They were right, and yet they still missed it. Jesus was king. He is king. He deserves all of the palm branches and the clothes and all that stuff. He deserved all of that. That was right. But they thought that meant simply an earthly thing instead of a spiritual thing. They missed it. And so as, as we think about this, that actually leads us right into our sermon today because when Jesus is talking to his disciples, the 72, he's saying, Hey, you guys, this is what's going on. And the, supposedly there seems to be crowds around him at this point, um, You know, referring to the 72 but speaking so that everybody could hear. He says this really interesting phrase, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And so what's left out of all things? Nothing. There's there's no thing that's left out of all things. And so when Jesus is talking here, what's he establishing? He's establishing, I am king over everything. Everything. You guys, you saw, you cast out demons. You haven't seen anything yet. You healed the sick. You haven't seen anything yet. You've seen the physical manifestations of these realities. But these realities, these physical manifestations, they're not the real realities. And we, as we were reading the Ezekiel passage, that's what the Ezekiel passage was talking about, too. Who is it who kills and heals? Who is it who builds up and destroys? All of these physical things going on in our world right now are revelations of deeper and greater spiritual realities. Now, I was, I was having a conversation with someone this week and they, they brought up, a, you know, a lady had breast cancer and she was told that the reason that you have this breast cancer is because you have sexual sin in your life. Now, is that what this means? No, that's not what this means. But these physical realities, there's bigger things at play. Now I, so what does breast cancer mean? Well, you know what? It, it probably means that we need to draw near to Christ and seek Him and look to Him. It doesn't mean that you're far away, but it means that you can get closer. It means that we should be looking at times of, of strife and turmoil and struggle and heartache and all of that stuff we should be saying, Lord, draw me near to you through this. I was reading uh, The Practice of the Presence of God for, um, by Brother Lawrence, and he actually, in one of those, in one of the letters, he said, I pray that these times of hardship would teach you the love of Christ, or something of that sort, or draw you near to God. And that's, that's how we should interact with this because all things have been given to Christ. And so then if all things have been given to Christ, at at least one level in that, he wants us to know his love through this thing. Through this time of turmoil and hardship and heartache, through this time of fear and of danger and of frustration, what does God want me to know? I know one thing that he wants you to know, that God indeed is in control and that he indeed loves you in the midst of this and that he has plans and he has desires and he wants you to know him better because all these things have been given to us, have been given to Christ. And so even with like my father being in the hospital, even with uh, my kids being sick right now with snotty noses and coughing, coughing mouths. Coughing mouths, is that the way you'd say that? The cotton mouth, no, that's not right. Um, you know, what's going on? God wants them to see his faithfulness. He wants them to see his love. He wants them to see his, his care in the midst of this. I was talking to both my mother and my father about it. The fact that this is happening, dad's in the hospital now, it was just a few weeks ago that he really felt he needed to sell his cattle because mom is not in the place to take care of 70 cattle. She's just not. You know, and dad doesn't have the people around to do it now that I'm here and my brother's off in Bagley. And What, what would have happened? And so that... Dad felt that he needed to, and he did. And now this is going on. And so we look at this and say, you know what? God's been ahead of you guys in all of this. He's been preparing this path. And so is this something that we should just be in terror about? Oh, no. No, we, this is a call to confidence. I know the one who kills, and I know the one who heals. But all things have been given to Christ. It's interesting, then, that no one knows the Father but the Son. So, And in the, why do you name things? Like why was, why did Adam name the animals? What was that, what was the purpose of that? Was it because they were, you know, they were less because they didn't have names? Well, no, it was actually an establishment of Adam as ruler over the animals. When he gave them names, it was a revelation that he understood them and he knew where they worked. And so when we confess our sins, if I confess my sin, what am I doing? I'm actually making it subject to me. And so this sin no longer has control over me because when sin exists in an in incorporeal and ethereal, and well, I don't really know, but it's kind of a struggle state, it then has control over me. When it's in the fog, I can't bring it to God. But once it has a name, I can bring it to God and I can say, God, this greed that's in me, forgive me. When I leave it foggy, and say, you know, I kind of, I'm, I'm always desiring more stuff. I don't really know what that is. I don't really know why. Well, then it has control. I don't know why I'm struggling with that. But I can say, no, I'm greed. That's greed. Oh, that's sin. And I name it and I bring it to Christ. So no one knows the Son except the Father. You know, this means that we don't have authority over the Son because we don't know the Son. Unless he reveals himself. If he reveals himself, then he actually gives us claim in his life. But until he reveals himself to us, we don't have claim in the life of the Son. And the, this was important during this day and age, and this is what Jesus is talking about. One of the things that Jesus is talking about here I can't control Jesus. He who has power over life and death, I can't control him. All things were given to him. And so. As he decides to give them, he can give them. But I can't say, hey, Jesus, I need this now. Give me patience and give it to me now. I don't have the right to say that, but I have the right to ask. Will you give to me? I feel the need. I feel the need for confidence. I'm struggling right now, Christ. I was talking to mom and she said, you know, it's interesting. I prayed for strength and Jesus has given it to me. Praise God. Praise God. We can have strength. We can ask, and he gives. But I don't have the right to demand of Jesus. And I don't have the right to usurp Jesus because no one knows the Father except the Son. And so how do we even come to God? Unless we come to God through Jesus, we can't know God. Would, it was Ozzy Osbourne. I don't quote Ozzy enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Ozzy, Right? My pastor quoted Ozzie the other day. Um, not Oswald Chambers either. I do quote him sometimes too. Um, Ozzy Osborne is definitely a different person. But Ozzy Osborne said, I, ha- I, I really like God, but I don't like his son. Right? Well, this is Ozzy Osborne. Yeah. You know, what do you expect? But you know, you think about that. How does Ozzy know God if he doesn't like Jesus? He doesn't know God. And so this God that he thinks he likes isn't the God who is because you can only come to the God who is through the Son. And so if you're not going to submit to the Son, you're not going to know God. People say, well, I know God. Really? Do you trust Jesus? No, nah, I don't need Jesus. Yeah, you do. Hey, yeah, you do. You can't come to the Father except through the Son. You can't know the Father except through the Son. You're going to believe a lie about God unless you see Jesus, unless you submit to Jesus, unless Jesus reveals the Father to you, you're lost. I'm sorry, this is the reality. That's the reality of Ozzy, and that's the reality of the majority of our world. If they're unwilling to submit to the Son of God, if we are, and I point myself in that, if I'm unwilling to trust Jesus, to submit to Jesus, to rely on Jesus, I can't know God. I'm going to believe a lie because nobody knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son reveals him. And so Jesus isn't saying, hey, you poor peons. He's saying, no, I'm the only one who knows. I'm the only one. Nobody else knows. You can't ask Google about God. You could try, but it's not going to work unless it comes through Jesus. Google doesn't know anything that Jesus hasn't revealed, period. And so when people say, you know, I don't really need the Bible, I can come to God alone. Like, no, how, how do you know that? No, you can't. Wow, I feel that God is this way. I am glad that you have feelings, but you can't trust them. We come to the Father through the Son. Only the Son has the right to reveal the Father. Only the Son has the ability to reveal the Father. Only the Son has all things. And only the Son. So like, even the stuff going on in our culture today. You know, Elizabeth brought up in the prayer time about the, I'm just going to say, the psychological insanity of our culture currently. What's going on there? God is revealing to us that All of the stuff that our culture is doing to try to fix itself, all it's doing is leading us further and further and further into a hole. It's not going to work. Capitalism is not going to fix the psychological problems in our world. Democracy is not going to fix the psychological problems in our world. I am a capitalist and I love democracy. And I'm glad that we are a republic. And those things can't fix it. Only Jesus can. Modern psychology can't fix it. Liberalism can't fix it. (coughs) Wokeism isn't going to fix it. It's not going to do it. It can't do it. It doesn't have the power. Only Jesus has the power to do this. Only Jesus. And this is why we need to be praying and this is why we need to be sharing our testimonies. This is why we need to be claiming the blood of the Lamb for ourselves as, you know, Jesus, or Jesus reveals to John in uh, the book of Revelation, Revelation 12, how did they overcome? By the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. And so the question is, do you trust Jesus? Because that's the blood of the Lamb in your own life. How has Jesus redeemed me? How has he redeemed this? All of the things in my life, all of my members, how has he redeemed them? All of the things that are connected to me, how are they used for his glory? And then once it is applied to my life, then I can bring it into the world that needs it. Because we live in a world that needs it because people think they're animals. And they're acting like Animals. And our world can't fix it and our world doesn't understand it and they can't figure it out. And so, why is this stuff going on? You know what? All things are given to us by Christ. So even this, even this stuff, as God pulls his hand back from America, we see what the result is. We're seeing what the result is. Joe, is when we were talking about your in prayer group and, and then as you brought it back up again, is this just another version of a false God? Yeah. Yeah, so the false God isn't the animal thing, the false God, is happiness. And they think or satisfaction or contentment or attention. They, well, yeah, that ends up becoming that God. They think that if they act this way or control, it could be control. So it would depend on the person because um, we were talking about people acting like animals in our prayer time. Uh, Elizabeth has a co-worker whose son got suspended because he laughed at a girl that was barking like a dog. And her feelings were hurt. So the boy that laughed got suspended. Well, why, are, why is this person acting like an animal? Because they're trying to find happiness. They think, well, if I get, if I get attention, then I'll be happy. Attention's never made anyone joyful. It doesn't, doesn't satisfy. Or they're trying to get control. They're trying to control their environment, and so they act in a weird way so that they can then exert their control. And those things are the gods. And so happiness is a god. Content, or not contentment, but happiness is a God, control is a God, attention is a God, especially now in our social media environment, attention is a God. And people are worshiping attention. They're trying to get it, they're trying to accumulate it and acquire it for themselves instead of looking to Christ. So, does that make sense? I I guess that's how I would approach that. It's not, this is just, uh, this is a form of worship, So acting like an animal is a form of worship, but it's not the thing being worshiped. The thing being worshiped is what they're trying to get. And so, yeah, they're not seeking Jesus. Because if they were seeking Jesus, they wouldn't be worshiping in this manner. And so, yeah, Janet. My dad said years ago, when evolution was being brought into the schools, and creation was not being taught. He said, It will take one generation. We are teaching our children that they came from animals. It will take one generation. And look what's happening. Yeah. Your your father was speaking truth. Took one generation and now we have children acting like animals. And I bet he didn't understand what that would look like. But it yeah. Yeah. So So what's the answer? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Period. He's the answer. Well, what does that look like? Well, the question is, what does that look like in my life? What is Jesus doing in my life? How is he changing me? You know, and that, then how, that's how I bring that into the world. Because nobody knows the Father except the Son. And so if people aren't worshiping Jesus, we shouldn't be surprised that they're going to go astray. Just look at Ozzy. Blessed. Blessed are the eyes. And turning to his disciples privately, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. So I, I want to talk about blessed in, in two different ways. The first way is privileged. Privileged are your eyes. You are blessed in terms of privilege. You have something. And so this. He's speaking to his disciples and if we're disciples of Christ, he's speaking directly to us now. Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. You guys, you, we have no idea how privileged we are to know Jesus, right? I, I don't think, I can't, I can't ascend to the sort of privilege that I have, that I, I can speak with God. Think about that. Non-Christians can't. They can't because they don't know him. They don't know who to come to. If they're not coming in Jesus' name, that's why we close every prayer within Jesus' name. It's not because it's some magic that we do. It's that we are reminding ourselves and we are affirming to God that I am not here on my own. I am not praying in Joe's name because Joe's righteousness will get me nothing before God. I am praying in Jesus' name and that's for me and that's an affirmation towards God. God, I need you. I need you I need you to bless me, otherwise, I can't even pray. This is the reality. This is the privilege we have as Christians. We see these things. We know these things. We know who God is because of what Jesus has revealed to us. We have the Holy Spirit living in us if we are disciples of Jesus Christ. He is living in us, He speaks to us, He guides our footsteps. Man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps, we're told in the book of Proverbs. I have that promise that if I'm seeking Christ, um, In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Think about that. That's again in Proverbs. This is the promise I have. I don't need to worry. Well, maybe I'm going to go wrong someday. I'm going to trust Christ. I'm going to look to Christ. My eyes are so privileged that I get to see Jesus. I can see these things. These are truths that have happened. I am so privileged. We are so privileged because their eyes are dark. And if their eyes are dark, how deep is that darkness? If all they can see is dark, how deep is that darkness? They don't even know what light looks like. We live in a world that doesn't even know what light looks like anymore. They think black is white and right is wrong. Everything's upside down. And so as we interact with this, we shouldn't say, well, these numbskulls, we can use harsher language if we want to, but I figured that that's adequate these numbskulls? What's wrong with them? I'll tell you what's wrong with them. Their eyes are blinded, their hearts are hardened, they don't know Jesus. That's what's wrong with them. Well, they're such fools. Of course. So would we be. If I was if I didn't have this privilege that I've been given, I would be in the same boat. We'd be worshipping the same at the same altars. We'd be worshipping the same gods that they're worshipping. Gods that can't bring anything. Gods that are they're weak. Try we are privileged and we are blessed in terms of these are things that we have received. These are not things that we have built up in ourselves. These are not things that we have attained. These are not things that we have acquired. These are things that have been given to us. These are not things that we have earned. Jim, were you going to say something? If, If we go down in a cave, you know, in the deep caves, and they turn off the lights. It's pure black. Your mind doesn't accept that there's no light, and so you'll start seeing flashes of light where there is none, Hmm. because your mind says there's got to be light out there somewhere. And so I kind of see that relating here, too. If, If you are in such deep darkness that you can't see God, your mind is going to make a God for you to see. Yeah, you're right. And so those of you who couldn't hear Jim, he said that um, if you go into a cave and they turn off the lights, into a deep cave where no light gets in, they turn off the lights, your mind can't accept the fact that there is no light. And so it will start to see imaginary lights. So also, people who don't know God, we live in a world that says God exists. But they don't know God. They've never seen God. So their mind starts to imagine God's. Thinking, you know, if I just had control, if I just had control, then I would be happy. If I just could control everything, then I'd be content. <laughs> Good luck with that. And you'd be, a, no, I'm not going to make any jokes. But these are, these are things that we receive. They're, you are blessed. This isn't because of you. You know, the, the third, the third Luther's um, explanation of the third article of the creed. Confirmation students, Doug can still recite it and it's been more than three years since he graduated confirmation. <laughs> so that's, Doug, what is, what is the third, art, do you know the, Luther's explanation of the third article of the creed? Can you say that real quick just to impress our confirmation students as to why they have to memorize? I believe that I can have by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord and come to him, but the Holy Ghost has called me by the gospel enlightens me with his gifts, sanctifies and keeps me in one true faith as he has called, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth. See? (laughs) And so what Jesus is talking about here is the same thing that Luther's talking about there. I cannot buy my own reason or strength. We are blessed. Does that give me the right to condemn those that are not blessed like me? No. You know that, Ebenezer Scrooge, how many of you have ever watched or read or listened to um, The Christmas Carol? I hope, yeah. Excellent. You know, one of the things that's said in the book, I don't remember, you know, depending on which version you watch, it's in there or it's not in there, but what right does Scrooge have to be the insect up on the leaf saying to those who are down on the ground that he is better? Just because he has doesn't make him better. He now has an obligation to those who do not have. And so if I've been given, if these have been given to me, I have an obligation to those who haven't been given them to share. This is the heart of generosity. The heart of generosity isn't money. The heart of generosity is your very life. It's gospel. It's what has changed your life. And so we are blessed. We have received these things. Blessed are the eyes that see. Because we live in a world that's blind. Blind from birth but the gospel brings sight so the question is do you think that you have all that you have because of you because of some greatness within you because some hidden wisdom that bubbles up in you or is it, have these things been given to you by god now think about that so what right is there for arrogance where's the place of pride i've been given this why can I say, well, huh, you guys should be like me? <laughs> no, there's no place for that. This has been given, it's like um, Randy Alcorn talks about the FedEx guy. You know, the, what's the purpose of the FedEx guy? People give him presents all the time, right? So he's supposed to keep those. Would you guys like it if the UPS man kept all of the Amazon boxes? I'm sure your husband might or your wife, but no, that's not the way that this are supposed to work. Who are we? We are not the recipient. The, we're not the end of these things. They're supposed to continue on. And the reality in the spiritual world is the more that we show these truths, the more we will see them. Do you want to know these things better? We're going to be talking about this in Philemon in like 12 weeks. Um, <laughs> we got through one verse today. That's my fault. Actually, it's all of your guys's too. Um, That may the sharing of your faith show you the truths of God. It's something of that sort. May your knowledge of the Lord expand through the sharing of your faith. And so, the FedEx guy, as he gives a package away, he's got one last package. As Christians, the more truth I give away, the more truth I get. So, you want to have a closer walk with Jesus? Share what you see because we live in a world that's blind. You are simply blessed. Bless others. You were blessed to be a blessing. You weren't blessed to be blessed. You're blessed to be a blessing. So, what truths do you have? What do you know about God? How do we change our world? It's the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, and hear what you hear and did not hear it. This is what the world is hungering for. Prophets and kings. You think that Isaiah had a closer walk with God than you're capable of? Think about that. Think of all the things that Jeremiah and Isaiah saw. And Jesus is here saying, What you got is greater. It's bigger. I'd love to hear from God, like Isaiah and Jesus, saying, "Hey, you're in the presence of God right now." He came upon Samson. He dwells within you. Think about that. This is what we have. All of these people they wanted. They wanted what we have. If we don't. Do we take advantage of that? Like, do we think about these things? Am I living my life realizing that God dwells within me? Does that make me God? No. But he dwells within me. You know, we have both the Old and the New Testament in written form. People throughout history have not been able to read what we read. They haven't had these truths. They had to rely on a priest or a pastor to teach them. There's way too much authority for me. You have your own Bibles. I'll tell you what, read them. The world has always hungered. Do you know why public schools started? They started so that people could learn to read. Why? So they'd be better at commerce? No, so that they could read their own Bibles because once these once Bibles got to the point where they could get into people's hands, everybody wanted them, but they couldn't read them. They couldn't read them. And so, what do we see? What do we have? We have we have so much. Do we accept that we have so much? Do we do, how often do you rejoice that you have probably four or five Bibles or more at home? You know, this is the gift that we have. I'm not trying to guilt you. Just really look what we have. We have the Holy Spirit living within us. We have, the, we have a, a ridiculously full revelation of who Jesus is, what, what God has done. He wants us to see and to trust and to rely on Him. And how often do I look at my circumstance and say, I don't know if God's listening to me. That's my sin. That's sin. I have no right. I have no right to see what you see, to see these truths as we read these things, we imagine them. As we walk in this world, we see God work. As we pray, we see the power of the Holy Spirit at play, up to bat. I see how many times I fail, and I see God at work. And yet, at the same time, I worry. When I worry, that means I'm relying on me to figure this stuff out. It's too big for me. Trust God. Rely on God. God, work. Lord, you're bigger. You're bigger to hear what you hear. This is the promise that God has for us. Think about this, friends. How privileged we are to have received these things these truths about God and to be able to live in them and to walk in them, not in some manipulative way in order to get our own way because remember, nobody knows the Son except the Father. And so it's not like I can control God. I can't use his name like some magical word. I was talking to a fellow when I was in college. I ran into a lot of interesting people in college. I kind of missed that. Well, I ran t- run into a lot of interesting people in St. James too, so it's just a totally different type of interesting. Um, but he he believed that it was it was the vibrations produced when you use the word Jesus that had power in this world. Right? <laughs> really? Yeah. That's yeah. That's what he thought. He thought if we say Jesus, you know. You have to say it in the right way, too. It wasn't just Jesus. It was Jesus. Uh, that would change the world. No. That's manipulation. That's magic. God, is you have revealed the truth of you, Jesus, is you have revealed the, your truth in this world, the truth, act according. You are powerful over this situation. Do what's best. Do what's best. Work your glory. Show your fame. Do its best. Here's what I think would be great. Do its best. And so we submit to Christ. We trust in Christ. We use his name, not in order to manipulate the world, because his name is who he is. And so we bring that into the world. Because we have been given that privilege, that blessing, to walk in these truths. So this Palm Sunday, who is king? Jesus. It's not Joe Biden. It's not Vladimir Putin. It's not cancer. It's not bacteria. It's not viruses. Believe it or not, viruses are not king. Jesus is. Jesus is. Who are we trusting? Who are we fearing? Who are we looking to? Who are we relying on? Who are we hoping in? The king? Or someone who's trying to be king? Because everything else is just a usurper. Attention does not deserve your worship. Jesus does. Any questions? Blessed are the eyes that see what you see and the ears that hear what you hear. Amen. Let us pray. Father, thank you. We don't deserve these things. Lord, I don't don't deserve you. I don't deserve a relationship with you and yet you condescend to me. Thank you. Lord, I praise you for that. And I pray that I would walk, that we would walk in that truth. Lord, knowing who you actually are and that we'd live in this world according to who you really are. Not fearing the things of this world or fearing for ourselves, but trusting you. Blessed be your name. May your kingdom come. even unto us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.